You're listening to the Black Sheep Talks podcast. My name is Karina Greco, and I am your host. I am an online coach, writer, storyteller, speaker, and podcast host. My mission is to help others manifest a life of travel, adventure, and financial freedom. I created this podcast as a platform that allows for raw and authentic conversations to be the norm. I will be diving into all sorts of topics, including manifestation, mindset, self-love, healing, personal growth, spirituality, relationships, travel, the super yacht industry, entrepreneurship, and so much more. I am passionate about sharing the life lessons that I've learned and how certain experiences have helped me grow and evolve in this lifetime. My aim is to inspire you to dive deep into your own personal growth and manifest a life you love too. Thank you so much for coming on this journey with me. Hello, Black Sheep community, and welcome back to my podcast, The Black Sheep Talks, where we are kicking off this Friday with another personal development series. But today we're diving back into plant medicine, and I'm going to be speaking on another ayahuasca experience that I had back in June, at the beginning of June, where I decided to sit with the Huni Queen tribe of Brazil. And this was my third ayahuasca ceremony. I had done one two weeks before where I sat with the Shipibo um, facilitators that I normally sit with where I did my first ceremony back in March. So this was my third one. And although it was only two weeks after my my second ceremony, I was feeling the call to go back. And partly because all of these healers were here, all of these different tribes, and it was like this force was just beckoning through me and telling me that, you know, I needed to continue to go and do the work. And, you know, it was my call to, to dive back in. So I I've actually had so many of you reaching out lately telling me that you really appreciate these plant medicine episodes and it kind of fuels me to keep going. It's actually insane. I've had women reach out saying that they resonate with my story, with the experiences I talk about, the healing journey I've been on. And a lot of these women have said that they've been interested to sign up with me and enroll inside my program. So it's truly amazing. Um, And this touches on the fact that if you just speak about what you're passionate about, if you share things about your life, you don't know who you're going to be impacting. You don't know who is actually listening. So if you are one of those people that is listening, that is enjoying this, please, please, please tell me. It would mean the world to me if you screenshotted this, if you shared it with me, what you're listening to, what your takeaway is, because these comments literally make my day. And actually yesterday I was having like one of the hardest days ever And I had one of my old clients reach out to me. We got back on a call. She connected me with her sister. And we had this beautiful conversation where her sister actually expressed interest in my podcast. She said she'd been listening to every single episode on plant medicine and that she's ready to enroll inside YHS. So it was an amazing connection. And, you know, this is just so, so humbling for me when I get feedback like this. And when I know that I'm inspiring others, when I'm helping others, it just lights me up and it really fuels me to keep doing the work that I'm doing because the entrepreneurial path isn't so easy, right? And I said this once, I'll say it again. If you're an aspiring CEO, if you're somebody that's looking to start and scale their business, then these are the kind of the ups and downs we experience. But 
putting out your authentic content, being your authentic self is the fastest way to grow and to be successful. And this is some of the stuff I actually teach inside of my program that is actually going to be launching this October group mastermind. So if you're interested, that link is in the show notes for you to apply, to connect with me, to see if we are a right fit to work together. And I would so, so appreciate as well if you just took two seconds to leave that review. If any of this resonates with you, if you are somebody that is always listening and you know you are a supporter, this really, really would make my day. So thank you so much for being here. I know that you are busy. I know that there's so many other podcasts out there. It means the world that you're listening to this one. And I would love to kick off this episode by, yeah, let's dive right into what we're going to talk about, the third ayahuasca ceremony that I sat in and why did I decide to sit with the Huni Queen tribe? So the Huni Queen tribe is a tribe from Brazil and mostly the facilitators I've sat with before, right? I don't call them shamans. I think I kind of maybe accidentally said shaman before, but I wanted to just like make it clear that a shaman is somebody that, you know, is trained, um, is chosen, you know, by the tribe, lives in the Amazon, um, you know, is kind of given this this gift to be able to lead others and other tribes. Um, and obviously there's a whole history and everything that goes into it. So I would suggest like diving deep into some documentaries, listening to psychedelic podcasts to get more of a background on this. But the facilitators that I sat with, they are people who have trained um, to facilitate ceremonies, um, you know, to be shamanic practitioners. They're not necessarily shamans, but they are shamanic, shamanic practitioners and facilitators. And these are the facilitators I've been speaking about in my last two ayahuasca ceremonies who run their ceremonies outside of Playa. They've been training with the Shipibo tribe for over 10 years. Um, and, you know, when I say shaman, it's because, you know, I really see them as shamans. Like they are shamanic, gifted people. They play beautiful music. They have this gift to, you know, take the medicine and hold the space for a huge group of people that can, you know, do this healing work. And honestly, those facilitators are, I'm being biased, are literally still my favorite group of people to sit with because I just love their music. I love, you know, what they put out. I love that the work that they do, and I can see that they're coming from such a healing and heart-centered place to help others. Um, and I'm actually going to touch on why I was actually kind of disappointed with the ceremony with the Huni Queen tribe and, you know, the fact that I didn't actually go back and I didn't, wouldn't probably go back because of this. Okay. So let me just read to you guys like a journal entry as to, you know, me getting ready for this ceremony. It was June 4th and I was sitting at the public beach and I decided to just take some time to journal and to write down my intentions for, for the ceremonies. And my intentions for the ceremonies are to go in with an open heart and to ground myself. I feel really called to sit with the Huni Queen tribe. I'm ready to see how they hold space and how this experience will be. I feel that I have more work to do, more messages to receive. This time I am asking Mother Aya to show me what I must do in order to create a successful online 
business. It's not about the money, but the freedom and the impact that I can create for myself and others and giving back. All I want in this 3D human life is to leave with a legacy that I truly did it all, created my reality, enjoyed this beautiful life, and got to help others along their journeys to do the same. I'm asking Mother Aya to show me at my highest self what step must I take next? Am I I'm learning and integrating all of the lessons she taught me in the previous ceremonies. I am loving myself. I'm not seeking external validation and I am speaking my truth, not holding back. Show me what else I must do in order to grow my business to really impact a wider audience. Show me the way, please. I am asking for this guidance. So that was really like my biggest intention because obviously you guys have seen I've, you know, healed and kind of gone through my ancestral work, ancestral traumas, forgiving myself, like the self-love that I've been going through, the journey I've been on in that, forgiving my family, my ancestors, and all of the people that have hurt me, both the feminine wounds and the masculine wounds. So now is really like, I just want to be shown how to step into my highest self, right? There's always wounds that need healing, but I was just ready in this moment, like with my pivot and my business to really just get more answers, right? And I think that's why all of these ceremonies were just coming to me within this month because there were so many questions that I had, so much guidance that I felt that I was you know, seeking and it really all just came in divine timing. And I'm going to share with you guys something really vulnerable. I actually wrote in this journal entry and, you know, this, this kind of fear of failure that I had because of this pivot that I was going through. And I wrote that I have all of these big visions and I'm afraid I won't get to accomplish them all. I'm afraid I will fail, but I know that I am the creator. I know sources within me, universe, God, source. I trust that I will lead myself home. I am on the divine path, but I just need to be shown the light. I felt the light after Changa when I broke through and I know the light is there. I know it can shine brighter, brighter. Mother Pachamama, show me how I can shine like the star that I am. Show me how I can inspire and heal the world. Show me what my next steps must be. I'm so ready to receive all of the blessings, my dream clients, my dream partner, my dream house, my dream spiritual temple, my dream retreats in Tulum and Bali and wherever else in the world they're going to happen. I am ready to receive all the abundance. Show me how I can continue my reality and receive all that I am. I embody all of these dreams and I can feel it deep inside that I am on the point of breaking through. So that was really like me working through some emotion and I love to journal in that way where like even when I'm feeling really down on myself, really confused, really lost because, you know, this happens as an entrepreneur, even when we are successful and we are signing clients or, you know, we're going through a pivot in our business, it still feels daunting sometimes like the uncertainty and the unknown of how everything's going to work out. Where is my next client going to come from? Where is, you know, whatever going to unfold, there's always a question and always an uncertainty, but I love to write through those fears and I love to, you know, say positive affirmations out loud and reframe my mindset so that I'm not stuck on, you know, ruminating on the negative and the fear and the uncertainty and the scarcity because we all face it. It doesn't matter how successful we are. We all face it, right? So next I wrote that I arrived in Akumal, um, there was this, you know, Casa Amazonia, this house in Akumal, which is like the jungle area just north of Tulum, about a 30 minute drive where the Huni Queen ceremony was happening. 
And yeah, I felt really excited in the moment. I felt really ready to experience the healing and and magic that was going to be offered there. And I was very emotional that day. But at this point, I was feeling in very high, high spirits, high spirits. I got myself out of that funk. You know, I went to the beach, I journaled, um, I was picked up by one of the facilitators. And I ended up actually seeing a familiar face at the ceremony with a girl that I had met in Tulum earlier. So it was so cool to have a friend there that I didn't even know was coming. Her name's Vanya. And it was so nice to connect with her. And it was her first ceremony. I was so excited for her. And I told her that I had done it. This would have been the third time, but it was obviously a different tribe. And I had no idea what to expect. But the best thing would be to just throw those expectations out the window and just receive and be open to whatever it is that is going to come out of the ceremony. And, you know, I felt really safe there at first. Of course, when I arrived, I was a bit scattered. There wasn't really like a space. I had to kind of find a space in the corner, but I got to sit by the shamans and they were, of course, like these powerful um, people that just radiated this like humbleness and kindness. And, you know, it was a, a man and a woman, husband and wife, and he had put on this like beautiful headpiece, which I will actually touch on in a little bit later in the ceremony and what had happened and the message I kind of got with that. Um, but I felt really safe, even though it was a different environment. I knew I had to let go of the expectations and I was just ready to receive the wisdom from Pachamama. And I was really, really thankful in the more moment for, for this beautiful experience. So I ended up, yeah, sitting through the ceremony. Um, I sat beside this mother and daughter and it was so beautiful to witness a mother and daughter come into a healing container to do this kind of work together. It really just like opened my heart and made me wish like, you know, of course I would never force this on or push my family to do any of this kind of medicine, but to witness like families doing this healing work together. I just thought it was so powerful because so many of us have these deep wounds and so many of our parents and grandparents like will never actually sit and do this work and won't actually come to these realizations that, you know, they do have some things to heal within themselves. And this is why us as children, as like this new generation, we're the ones diving so deep into these ceremonies and really doing this work so that we can heal those generational wounds, heal our lineages, heal our ancestors, and, you know, be able to have children one day and not pass down this generational trauma to them. Because ultimately, this is what happens, right? The generational trauma gets passed down and passed down and passed down, and sometimes we're not even aware of it. So when I saw this mother and daughter sitting next to me, I was just like, wow, um, this really just blew my mind, really opened my heart. And, you know, of course, like my biggest wish would be like, maybe my mom would do this one day with me if she felt the call to dive deeper into her healing. And I know this is something that could probably bring us closer together, but I would never force that on someone. And I would never ask that of someone to do that unless they truly felt that it was their calling and it was something they wanted to do for themselves. So that was just like a little message I got a little, a little you know, interesting scenario that happened that I sat beside this mother and daughter and got to connect with them. And, and it was really beautiful after the ceremony. So I'll read to you guys a little bit about what happened, but the whole experience went, you know, throughout the whole night. Um, 
once we got out of the trip at 8 a.m., um, I kind of quickly wrote in the journal and I was just feeling Pachamama work through me and feeling the effects. And I knew that I would come back to journal soon. And I just felt so grateful for this life and the 3D human experience that I am living. And it's so crazy that sometimes sitting in ceremonies is what brings you back to that knowing. Like sometimes we get so lost in our in our 3D life and our stressful life. And I think that's why like I love sitting in ceremonies is like, you know, it's not an escape for me. It's not like I'm running away to do this every weekend. I, of course, integrate and give myself space to live my life. But, you know, these ceremonies just serve as such a beautiful reminder of this is like what our ancestors would do all of the time. And this is what the people in the Amazon and the jungles do, right? They they sit in ceremonies really, really often. And what, you know, the healers who facilitate these ceremonies, they're probably doing these like once a week, if not more. And, you know, of course it's taxing on the body because you're up all night, you're working with the medicine, you're doing the work. But at the end of it, it just it's just indescribable the state that you're in. Like even if you've had a journey that literally felt like an ego death, which obviously I had in my first couple ceremonies, um, which I told you guys about in the last episodes, at the end, there's just still this gratitude and this love that you get that you just can't get from anything else. Like, I mean, yes, you can for meditation. If you maybe meditated for hours and really tapped into that and did breath work and, you know, did all that, like, I'm not saying you can't do it without psychedelics, but with plant medicine, it just hits your heart. It hits you at the core so hard and so deep. And it just like opens up your heart. Like just imagine this like volcano of love erupting from your chest. Like that is the feeling you have after a ceremony. Like it doesn't matter how dark that ceremony got for you. In the end, there's just always going to be this like feeling of bliss, a feeling of oneness, a feeling of coming back to yourself, coming back home to yourself, to that love. And, you know, that is just what I love about ceremony and why I just believe ayahuasca is my medicine and why she called me so, so much in the month of June. Like it was crazy because after the ceremony, I sat in another two and I'll be telling you guys about those in the next episodes. I actually ended up doing two back to back and, you know, now since then I've been taking a break from it again, to integrate, but it's just been such a journey. And, you know, the power of this medicine, the power of Pachamama, she is such an intelligent plant. She's such a healing plant. And, you know, if you've done ayahuasca before, you know what I'm talking about. And if you're not, again, like, you know, do your research don't do this just because I'm telling you and that it's going to be amazing. This is definitely something you want to prepare for, like I say in every single episode. Um, And, you know, I would by no means ever, ever preach it to anyone. Like I always disclose, like full disclosure. I didn't do that at the beginning of the episode. So I'm just making sure I'm doing it now. So let me read to you guys my journal entry from the ceremony. And oh my God, like as I'm looking through it, it is literally like, 20 pages long and I actually don't even remember what I wrote so this is kind of part of my integration so this was the next day on June 5th and I wrote 
I got back from ceremony at 10 a.m. this morning and my roommate Efson made me some breakfast. I had a cold shower and I finally got to bed at 11 a.m. and awoke at 3. I made myself some coconut flour pancakes and I feel so full now. I'm at Ikal Yoga Shala integrating more about what happened last night. So I love to spend the next day, go out in nature. Usually I go by the beach or to cenote and, you know, just really tune in to what I'm feeling. And part of my integration is literally just journaling out my whole experience. Like I will just write a story and this is literally the story I'm about to read you guys. So welcome to my diary. (laughs) Welcome to, you know, everything that's going on in my head and what I've been working through. And I love to be super vulnerable, raw and honest. So let's go on this journey together. So I wrote, I am feeling a wave of emotions from the beautiful awakening I had last night. The ceremony was in Akumal just outside of Tulum. Pedro picked me up and when I got to the ceremony, I sat in the corner with the shaman and the healers. I felt safe and like I arrived in this beautiful sacred home in the jungle. Next to me, there was a mother and her daughter, which I already told you guys about, which touched my heart and felt like a foreshadowing of what maybe is to come in my future. The ceremony was held so differently compared to um, Yvonne and Palma's ceremony that I normally sit with in Playa. First of all, the space was in a house and not in a sacred portal portal or temple, which felt a little bit off. I had no, what did I write here? I can't even read my own writing. Yeah, I had no, oh, I had no wall this time to rest my back against it. And I didn't even use my sleeping bag as it was really, really hot. The opening ceremony started with Pedro welcoming us, and he's the facilitator, telling us that we might puke, we might purge, we might need to go outside in the bushes to do this. And I immediately felt the sense of worry, like there is no way I would make it to the door from the spot I was sitting in without having a bucket in front of me. And that was one of the things that was different about the ceremony that I didn't really like was the fact that the Brazilian tribe, you know, is not like the Shipibo, very, very different, the Huni queen to the Shipibo. Um, the Shipibo is a little bit more dark. They give you the bucket, you know, you puke in the bucket. The bucket is your like teacher. And with the Huni queen, they're like, no, you can just go outside and purge. And I was just not used to that. So I guess part of that control was there. I was like, nope, I'm demanding a bucket right in front of me. Like I need this bucket, you know, just to feel safe. So I got up and went to the bathroom to have my nervous pee, grab a roll of toilet paper. And I asked for this bucket that I was just not going to do well without. And I felt as well that there wasn't as much detail that went into explanation of the ceremony of the opening. Like I've told you guys in the last ceremony um, recordings that with the other healers that I've sat with, they did a whole like two, three hour opening ceremony on what to expect, on how to feel safe, how to come back with our breath. Um, I felt really cared and loved for in those ceremonies. But in this one, um, you know, it wasn't that way. It was just like a very short and brief description. And I felt like, wow, if this was my first time doing the ceremony, I probably, you know, would have felt really, really uneasy. But the fact that I already kind of knew what to expect, you know, of course you have no expectations, but you know what to expect. You're going to purge. This is how you come back to your breath. This is how you kind of calm down. You get, it kind of gets easier and easier um, with a sense of letting go of control. You know, I felt a bit 
more prepared in that sense. Um, when we also didn't do like an opening chant where we like, you know, created a safe portal around us, the shamans did do like an opening chanting prayer. Again, it was really short. Um, it was completely different. Instead of like an ikaros, which is like, you know, making sounds and singing, which is what the shipibo do, which kind of creates this darkness and opens up, you know, the medicine to work through and kind of gets you to go deep. The chanting also does that, but it affects the medicine differently. So this is why like the different tribes, you know, have different experiences because of the way that they sing, the way that they chant, right? And Icaros and just like a chant is different. Um, so this was already different as well. And then I wrote, even though I couldn't understand what they were saying, I felt this vibrational energy and safe aura being put around us. So yes, I did still feel very safe. Like, you know, of course, I chose to see like, you know, they're obviously a part of a tribe, you know, it's a different form of doing the ceremony, the medicine is different, but it's all good. Um, but it felt very sudden for me, because we were told right away, we can get a cup after one of like the helpers cleared the negative energy from us with the copal. Um, we didn't do any rape. And usually, you know, I'm used to having rape before the ceremony to like Round and open up your third eye chakra. So I felt this was like really, really rushed and really different, right? It's not necessarily like it was a bad thing, but for me, because I was so used to like the Shipibo and how it was done, this was like completely different. Um, and of course, I went back to that sense of fear again. Like, what am I doing back here? Am I going to go back to the dark again? Will I be shown something? completely different. And then I reminded myself to not have any expectations and literally to surrender to the moment and the present experience. And after I closed my eyes and began meditating after taking the cup, I set my greatest intention, which was show me what I have to do to create a successful, thriving business and life for myself. Show me at my highest self so that I can continue to help and heal and serve others. And after going up to the shaman, I ended up, you know, taking the cup, taking it back, closing my eyes, repeating the intention, bowing to him and going back to my spot and sitting up and meditating in silence. And I remember looking around quickly and seeing other people like lying down. And then I was wondering like, okay, this is strange because normally, you know, the ship people tell you to sit up straight, not to lie down. Like you need to kind of like have an erect spine in order to connect with your spirit guides and, and the medicine. Um, and I just reminded myself to just focus on myself and not judge what other people around me were doing, right? Everyone's on their journey and, you know, it is what it is. So I started to just focus on my own breath and reminded myself to let go of all the expectations and surrender by allowing the medicine to just work through me. And it honestly felt like a long hour of silence, but it was probably only 20 minutes. And then the shaman and his wife started chanting to help the medicine move through us all. And I started to feel Mother Ayahuasca say hello to me. She started to move through my veins. And, you know, the medicine this time was really different. It wasn't as like strong and bitter as the one I'm used to. Like it was still bitter, but, you know, I shouldn't say that. It was amazing, right? I don't want to disrespect the medicine, but it was very earthy. Um, and I felt this like wave of hot and cold and my arm would start to twitch a little bit. And, my, and then all of a sudden I felt myself just like fall back on my mat. And I saw a vision of my higher self. And this time 
I made the effort to keep my eyes completely open so that I, I could see what was happening. And all of a sudden, I felt my head just being taken down to the floor and I prayed. My hands just went together and I started just like praying in devotion to Pachamama. And as I came up from my mat and lifted my head and opened my eyes, I literally felt myself enter this new realm as if I just had this entire rebirth, right? And I remember looking at my hands and I noticed that they literally looked like baby hands, like they were tiny. And in that moment, I was like, wow, I'm a baby again. Like I'm a little child. And this is where that sense of rebirth comes in, right? And the last two ceremonies, it's like I had this death, I had this like awakening and and all of this. And this time it was like I was being reborn. Um, and I looked up at the room and I saw the shamans transforming and looking like we were in this five-dimensional space. And the shaman was dancing around and chanting. And I felt like each chant was taking me deeper and deeper into the trip. And I remember just literally sitting up and staring and just feeling like I fully surrendered to this medicine this time. And I didn't experience this ego death, but it was a full rebirth. And it wasn't as painful as the last two times. As I surrendered, I felt like this beautiful force was just showing me how powerful she was. And I started to feel the wave of dizziness again. And then all of a sudden I was like, "Uh uh-oh, like here it comes, like grabbing the bucket, I'm going to need to puke. But it was just like the small purge that came out of me, I guess, like releasing, you know, whatever old toxins and things that I had in my body in order to step into this rebirth that I'm experiencing. And this vision came over me that I had to forgive myself, all of the mistakes I made, the mistakes with men, with repeating old patterns, with hurting others, with allowing others to hurt me. I started to get these visions of myself going backwards and not learning all of the lessons, especially, you know, some lessons with in my business, um, you know, I got this like feeling that, you know, I was maybe, you know, taking these wrong moves, these wrong steps. And then I was being shown kind of the steps that I needed to take. Um, And then I reminded myself that I am my own shaman and that I didn't need rescuing, not from any man, not from any healer, that I actually had the power within me to heal myself. And this ceremony was literally showing me that. And as I laid back and felt tears just rolled down my eyes, releasing that pain, that trauma that my ancestors had and remembering the pain that I had carried throughout my life. I reminded myself that I am the light, I am love and that I am literally home. Like I am on the path home back to me. And after lying down, I lifted myself back up as I didn't want to miss the show. So I forced myself to sit up, open my eyes the entire time and I felt my body going from sitting up to literally bowing down to the spirit constantly. Like I was in this just like trance of, you know, prayer, deep devotion, like I was saying. Um, And I felt so in devotion to this power that I truly had this warrior power within me. Like she was showing me like, you are the warrior within you. And funny enough, I literally pulled the fire stone that morning before ceremony like I have the stone that's like a warrior stone and this is the message that I was getting like I am my own healer I am going through a rebirth I am a warrior like I can get through anything 
And I felt like I kept pulling myself out of the bucket and my mat and on my mat, I felt myself like continue to go through this like awakening and rebirth, right? Um, I was yawning a lot. I only purged a couple times just to release those like fears and anything that was holding me back from stepping into my highest potential. Like anytime I got this vision of stepping into my higher self, it's like I had to release what was holding me back. And then I got this vision that if I want to be at my highest self and reach my potential and build this multi-million dollar business that I am destined to succeed and build, I had to continue to speak my truth. Um, And of course, be careful not to preach to anyone, but to just do it in a heart-centered and authentic way to inspire others. And this is part of what I'm doing on this podcast, right? This is why I love to speak about these experiences because it really allows me to connect with others. And like I've said, I've had so many women reach out to me, tell me that this has been inspiring them, you know, either to try medicine or to go down the healing journey or to, you know, even just take the leap to start their business and actually work together as well to create the reality. So it's been just such an amazing journey. Um, And I will continue reading what I wrote here. So I also wrote that I had to let others figure things out for themselves and find the light, right? I can only be a guide to the light. Like that you know, saying you can only lead a horse to water, but you can't force them to drink, right? It's like with everything, I would never force anything down anyone. I would never tell anyone they need to work with me. I would never tell anyone they need to do plant medicine. I would only just guide them to that path. Like if they feel called to do that, then, you know, that is available for them. So I felt like I was in this trip for literally ages on this whirlwind of pain, rebirth, and then finally bliss. I remember feeling myself lie back and stare up at the ceiling, feeling my arms go up and start to dance and go into prayer again. I was coming through on the other side. And it was just really, really strong, this medicine. It was really working through my body. I sat back up and I heard... Um, Pedro, the facilitator, announced that the window was open for the second cup and to go and to have some rape, which is the ceremonial tobacco that, you know, helps open you up. And I felt like I wanted rape, but I wasn't completely done with this trip. I wasn't ready for more necessarily. I almost felt a bit behind everyone as I was like the last one to drink the cup, but I felt like a warrior. I noticed others sleeping and crying and I was still sitting up. I was still working with the medicine. I still had my eyes fully open and I was taking things in and just looking at all the work that I had been doing and feeling, you know, super proud in that moment. And then I felt that my body was really clean was really being cleaned anytime I perched. And I got this reminder to keep eating healthy, to keep eating, listening to my body. Um, and I also got this vision that, you know, I don't really want to eat octopus anymore, which was really strange. Like I'm kind of a pescatarian, like 95% vegan, but you know, I am trying to become more and more plant-based and I feel like, you know, I don't really eat meat anymore. And it was interesting that octopus kind of came into my mind and it was like, you don't eat this anymore. Um, So I saw myself, you know, really just, yeah, kind of foreshadowing future ceremonies as well that I was going to sit in again. Um, And, you know, I can see 
that my success and my healing was getting me closer and closer to this like finish line. Not that there's like a finish line with healing. There's always work and lessons to do and never an expectation that you're going to be fully healed. But part of the surrender was like, I am on this path and, you know, that I am continuing this work and that it's, it's just beautiful work that isn't scary anymore. Um, you know, the biggest part for me was surrender, surrendering to death and now really seeing that like it is not scary and that I'm a part of the soul family, this divine power that gets to work through me and allow me to be more grateful, humble, compassionate with myself and others. And I also just felt that I was scared of my potential, of the power I had to share through my stories with others to help them grow and evolve. Um, you know, and I realized that I can't be afraid of triggering others. I mustn't be afraid to shine my light. The divine is within me to spread whatever messages that I feel like I need to spread. And my vessel is here on earth because my soul wants to enlighten and awaken the world, right? Not saying this from a place of ego, but just what I really feel internally. Like I am such an empath and I know that my passion is to help others. And so many of us have these good these gifts within us and you know all of these things that we can share and just having the, having this rebirth stepping into my higher self and having this message like really saying to me like it's time i felt this sense of peace that we're all here for the greater good of earth and humanity that this is a movement and a collective consciousness coming together to literally bring enlightenment for all so after I felt myself start to come out of my trip, I began to feel this feeling of bliss, that I was awakened, and that I'm here for the reason. And the ceremony was a reminder to keep integrating all the lessons, to keep growing and evolving and shining my light for others and inspiring them to do the same. And I finally got myself up to go to the bathroom and it was this like weird release with the medicine where my stomach felt really full. Um even though I barely ate all day. And then I went outside to look at the stars. And I remember Pedro finally saying it was our last chance to get the cup before the window closed. And I was like, wow, oh my gosh, I missed the second cup. And that pay, I was like literally still in another world and another trip that whole time. But when I sat out on the step and looked at the fire and up at the stars, I, you know, took in the beauty of this earth and I watched, you know, the stars say hello to me. They blinked and they sparkled and I even saw a shooting star and this tree speak to me. It was like the last time to come back and it was like telling me this is the last time for you to go and, you know, go connect with the cub, go connect with Pachamama. There's still more messages for you. So I went back, I grabbed another cup, I knelt in, knelt in front of the shaman and I asked him for only half this time because I felt like I just needed half. It was still very powerful medicine. Um, and I took it back and went back to my spot and I began to meditate and connect. And this time I felt the sense of calm, like I wasn't afraid anymore. I broke through and made it to the other side and realized that death wasn't scary, but rebirth was actually beautiful. And we all stood up and held hands to sing happy birthday to the shaman because it was actually his 45th birthday at midnight, which was crazy. And it was this beautiful celebration. We were actually all taught to chant together and bless him. And I remember feeling so exhausted in that moment. Like we kept chanting and singing and I was like, wow, this is going on for ages. I feel like I've been standing up and chanting for half an hour, um, you know, as I'm waiting for like the medicine to kick in again. But I felt really humbled in the moment. I was like, wow, 
The shaman and his wife have been chanting all night and they haven't gotten tired. And here I am literally complaining about standing up for half an hour. <laughs> like this was really, really humbling. And then after we finished the chant and sang happy birthday to him in different languages, um, you know, I remember getting this feeling like, ooh, like I kind of want to sing happy birthday in Russian, but I was a little bit afraid to sing and not sound beautiful because I know that like back in the day I've been told like my voice isn't nice. Um, so this is something I still have been working through and in future ceremonies, I actually got myself to sing. So I finally um, sat down after and started to feel the second cup working its effects through me and I felt myself go into the state of like shaking and twitching again with my arm and yawning and I remember hearing the chants and feeling like the room was really really quiet and I felt that I was really going to get dizzy again and I'm like oh great I'm going to be the first one <laughs> so I grabbed my bucket and I got ready to release my fears again fear of being heard and seen by showing speaking my truth right that moment of wanting to sing but not being able to sing it was like I was releasing that last bit of fear and I was already doing it and there was no going back. This time I laid back and I felt the power of the medicine work through me and Pachamama show me that I was close to the light and I felt myself, you know, moving through the chance and then I got this overwhelming sense that I needed to release, you know, again and I was so deep in this experience that... I remember I was like feeling like I needed some help in the moment. Like, you know, I waved to the facilitator, like, can you help me go to the bathroom? <laughs> but he actually didn't end up coming to me. And then I reminded myself, like, I am a warrior and I can do this. I can actually get myself to the bathroom. So I made it up the stairs, walked to the bathroom, finished what I had to do. And the helpers were guided, guiding me. Um, and yeah, I remember... Pachamama just telling me you're strong, your mind is strong, you know, that you can get through anything and that everything is going to be okay. And it was really, really interesting. Um, you know, I got kind of like stuck as well in the bathroom and they kind of say like, you know, you should kind of just get out because you can get like lost in your DMT trip, especially when it's just coming on. Um, so I remember just like talking myself through it getting up, walking out, and really reminding myself that I had the power within me and my mind does not control me. So I finally got back to my seat and I still felt the medicine work through me. And this time I started to come back to my consciousness and, you know, feel the sense of bliss. And this chanting went on and on and the singing went on and all of the women started singing songs and playing on the guitar. And, you know, I even started singing now. This time it's like I finally broke through and started to hear my voice. And I also saw the shaman and he was wearing this like big feather headpiece, which I actually forgot to mention. He was wearing that headpiece and it was like this vision that I got that my clairvoyant actually told me seven years ago that I would actually have this like spirit guide with this native Indian headpiece, um, you know, with all the feathers, that would be like the spirit guide I need to pay attention to. And in that moment, I actually got this feeling like, holy shit, this is what he's talking about. This is the, the actual, the guide. And he's like right in front of me. So it was really, really powerful. It was like, I had just like come to like, I had just come into that moment that the clairvoyant predicted. I was like there, like 
that moment he was speaking about seven years ago, he was speaking about me sitting in plant medicine ceremonies. And he actually told me like that these native guides would be my spirit guides and that I would, you know, step more into the spiritual realm and, you know, I would steer away from the education system and from you know, teaching, but I would step into like a different area, which is coaching. So it's so, so crazy that all of this was predicted. And in that moment with his headpiece, I got this like aha moment, like, holy shit, this was the prediction. And here I am. And I'll probably do an episode one day to tell you guys about that a little bit more in depth, because there's a lot of other things that have come true for me. So as we were all singing and enjoying the ceremony, I went outside to sit by the fire, look at the sky, and it had turned to daylight, and I was just in awe of how beautiful the jungle was. I saw butterflies and birds chirp, and I even saw an eagle float above, flapping its wings softly and dripping with, drifting with the wind. And I saw myself in the eagle, my other spirit animal. Um, if you guys don't know, my first spirit animal is the wolf, the one that often comes to me when I connect with my guides in meditation. And it's part of the reason why I got a tattoo of the wolf and the, um, you know, shamanic Indian headpiece. Um, and you know, the eagle is my other spirit animal. And I remember just stretching out on the mat and staring at this beautiful bird and just appreciating the beauty of, of nature and everything that I had just been through. And my hands moved and the medicine was still working through me. And I came back to sit inside and I just laid in the fetal position for a bit, nurturing my inner child, hugging myself and reminding myself that I felt safe at peace and loved. And it was just such a beautiful experience. I watched the woman sing and play guitar. And then we were served the medicine. Um, into our eyeballs, which was actually a really powerful cleansing med medicine called uh, Saganga, which clears like any bacteria, dirt, or dust particles from your eyes. And it was really, really strong because I actually like opened my eyes and you're not supposed to fully open your eyes. And it was just burning me and I actually felt like I was about to go blind, but everyone had done it and it was okay. We all survived and it was part of, you know, what they do in the tribe. So I just felt like, okay, well, this is part of the medicine work. And I felt really, really awake in the end, back in the 3D, so grateful for this life. We celebrated and we held hands. We closed the ceremony with chants and we watched the shamans bless his cake and cut it for us. And we sang him a happy birthday again. So it was really, really beautiful that we got to celebrate life. We got to celebrate being back in the 3D, being super grateful, eating fruits, eating soup, um, and it was, yeah, just such an amazing experience. And this was probably one of the deepest journal entries I've ever written. And my voice is almost a little bit hoarse after this. But the last three things I wrote was that, one, there is nothing to fear, not death, not my own potential or success. Number two, I am human. I will continue to make mistakes, but I must also continue to forgive myself, integrate, learn, and grow. And number three, I am a creator and my mind is a powerful tool. I have it in me to create my reality and to slay everything that I desire in my business and in my life. Thank you, thank you, universe and Pachamama for showing me the lessons. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode and stay tuned for future plant medicine episodes and entrepreneurship episodes and I will see you guys next time.
Thank you so much for listening until the end. I am so grateful to have you a part of this journey with me. If you resonated with this episode, then please share this on your Instagram story and tag me at the Black Sheep Travels so that I can say a massive thank you and show you my appreciation. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss out on future episodes. Please share this with your friends or anyone you know that would enjoy this podcast. If you're interested in finding out more about me or how we can work together, then please visit my website, www.theblacksheeptravels.com. You can also subscribe to my email list so that you can stay in the loop for podcast drops, blogs, freebies, info about my coaching packages, my ebook, and upcoming courses and books. Thank you so much for listening until the end. I am so grateful to have you here.